Hello, I'm Faye Waterman, the Conversation Curator, and today my guest is Fred Gillen, who is from More Marketing Ideas. Welcome, Fred, and thank you for your time. Uh, thanks, Faye. I appreciate the opportunity. Now, Fred, what we're going to be talking about today are your superpowers. But first, what we want to know is a little bit of your backstory, you know, where you come from, the experiences you've had so and how it's brought you to where you are today yeah sure um well my background is i was born in dublin in, in ireland uh, and i grew up there and i became an a, a, did an electrical apprenticeship after school uh finished that apprenticeship with one of the major electricity suppliers so it was a little bit different in the way they did apprenticeships because it was a semi-state body uh, so i learned a lot in that and uh, when i finished the apprenticeship i migrated um, out to australia because uh, the Aussie government were paying for trade people to come out at the time, and it cost me £10 to um, come to Melbourne. And everybody wants to give me £10 to go back, but I'm not accepting it, sorry. <laughs> huh? um, so so that was the start. I uh, came out here, worked for a lot of companies for the first few years as an electrician, then started my own electrical contracting business, ran that for a number of years. Um, while that was running, my wife opened the milk bar. So we ran the, the electrical business and the milk bar at the same time. So milk bar for is a general store in the, in the suburb for people who don't know what a milk bar is. And uh, we again ran that. That nearly sent us broke and nearly broke the marriage, but we got out of that okay. Uh, and then I, while again, while working as an electrician, I started to get involved in the PC market, like um, computers in the mid 80s and that developed into me opening a retail store importing bits and pieces from taiwan assembling them here in australia branding them as my own computer and selling them in competition with ibm so so that was a really good experience uh, again ran that for a number of years and then the writing was on the wall because the taiwanese came in directly and the margins dropped um so there was, i saw the writing on the wall and there was no money in pcs anymore so I got out of the market. I went uh, taking both my electrical skills and my PC skills. I got into running small networkings for corporate. So we would set up, for example, an accountant might have you know four or five people in his office. So we would actually connect all those computers up. And that got me into that arena. Uh, and towards the end of my corporate um, life, I, I worked for deployment area in the majors like Optus and the National Australia Bank, Human Services, the Department of Environment, all of those people rolling out um, infrastructures on behalf of, in some cases, it was in, on behalf of uh, Hewlett-Packard. I worked for those. I worked for Compact, worked for Digital. Um, we ended up being owned by Compact, so there was a big story there. But we worked for those and, and deployed lots of systems to various people. Uh, one of the last gigs I had was with uh, Optus, where we rolled out all the telephony for AS, a, AMZ nationally. So we ran out uh, to all the branches, Did had to do that after hours, which meant that, you know, our days were long because I wouldn't get home at two in the morning because we couldn't work while the branches were open. And we had to complete everything before, when the, just after the branch closed and uh, basically did all the cash out. So once they closed it safe and all the money was away, then our, our team would move in and we'd... Uh, put in all new phone systems, new computer systems in less than six hours and then move out so the bank could open again. So, you know, pretty efficient in the end. First few were uh, 
I won't say disastrous, but they were educational, the first few deployments. But then we got it nailed and we could roll out six sites a night. So it was pretty good. The experience of, you know, when you started doing that and then doing a couple and really honing in on what actually needs to be done, uh, doing six a night, that's pretty That's pretty good. Yeah, I only I managed one team. There were six other uh, project managers as well. So we all had our own group to look after and, and deploy. And then there was obviously a team back in, in home base in Melbourne in, for Optus that managed all the infrastructure, connecting everything up and making sure everything worked. And then there was a follow-up the next day to make sure everything. So there was a lot of organisational things going on in the background to make sure the customer didn't see any of this. You know, but sometimes we were running out, running around with our heads chopped off. Yeah. Trying to get it done. Yeah. yeah, good. So from that, where did you go? Well, I finished up in corporate about seven years ago and I decided I it was too early for me. So I decided what could I do? So I decided to take that knowledge and, and all the skills, life skills basically, and offer them to people. So I opened up a digital agency where we started out building websites, the normal normal digital agency stuff. So we would build websites for people. We'd, we'd help them set up their emails, set up their uh, email campaigns, more recently setting up their SMS campaigns so they could SMS people. And uh, and then, you know, the CRMs came into it, all that kind of stuff. So I started to move into that arena. Um, unfortunately, COVID hit. And I made the silly mistake of concentrating on the hospitality arena, which was yeah. restaurants. Right? And you can imagine what happened during the COVID period. But that forced me into doing what we're doing today, which is, you know, predominantly online marketing. So I run our own networking group that you're aware of. I do most of my communications online, do go out to a few networking meetings, but it's nothing like what we used to do before COVID. Mm. Right now, 90% of the stuff I do is online. Um, it's it's changed a lot, and I think it's given all businesses and entrepreneurs the flexibility to be able to do both and balance that depending on what they're doing and where they're situated, you know, Um it's really important that they or focus on what, you know, what they do. But the skills that you actually have accumulated over the past years have brought you right where you are today. What do you think or what do you know as your superpowers I think, like, one of the things, and, and I, I just realised that while I was telling that, that that brief story, is that I kind of, I've got, I don't know what it is, but I seem to be able to see the writing on the wall before something happens. You know, it's like when um, I decided to get out of um, the PC market. You know, I could see that the margins were dropping and everything was happening, and, and I decided, well, it's time to pivot, right? And when did the subject totally Aligned, but totally different, if, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. you know? um, so taking some of the knowledge I had previously, it, and that's even the same today. You know, two years ago, somebody told me I'd be doing all my business online and uh, chatting to people on Zoom and doing all that kind of stuff. I would have told them they had rocks in their head. You know, <laughs> I'm the guy that wants to go out and have a drink with people. I want to meet people. I want to, you know, squeeze the flesh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and a drink is very important because you've got to have something in your hand and because you can squeeze the flesh with the other hand, you know, so that's good. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think that's one of them is, is, is 
intuition. Yeah, a lot of intuition. Yeah, it's, you know, and we spoke, we were speaking today about something about, you know, how do you know what emails to open? And sometimes it just, it just happens. No reasoning behind it. This mm. bulb, light bulb goes on from somewhere and you go, I'll read that one. Or, it, And even with, um, you know, we all get invited to webinars and stuff all the time. Always, yes. And even with those, you know, I'll go, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden I'll go, oh, yeah, okay, I'm not doing much today. I'll, I'll listen to the background. I'll be working or whatever. Right? And then suddenly you go, I'm going to stop working. This guy's good. Yeah. You know? But I don't know what got me to click that button and sign up for that webinar. Mm. Is it just a feeling inside that you you yeah. you thought there's something there? Yeah, there's something invited me to do it. So whether it's the universe or you know God above or whatever, who knows? But something definitely for, forced. Like it wasn't me going looking for something; it just mm. popped up and like, yep. Whereas I've, I might have ignored them the last couple of months. Mm. And so I would say that you have a lot of technical knowledge because you were. A sparky you yeah you had a a, a a shop you had computers you built computers you did all those things so the technical side of things you would understand when something goes wrong with a computer or something goes wrong with whatever electrical whatever it is so you can fix that so that's a that's a huge skill do you use much of that with your clients <laughs> When, when you say the electrical stuff, no, but when you look at any kind of an installation, whether it's electrical, whether it's fixing up a computer, whether it's assembling something or whatever, there's a logical process in that, right? So you might, you've got to get the box first, you've got to get the outer casing first, and you've got to get the bits and got to put them in. So, But there's a logical process in assembling something. And it's the same with most of the clients. Like with, if you're starting out in business, there's a logic, set of logical steps you have to take. If you're halfway through your business model, then there's logical, different logical steps you would take, right? But there's, there has to be a set of steps. You can't just throw everything into a bucket. It's like throwing everything into a filing cabinet and hoping you're going to pick out the right thing, you know? Mm. They've all got to be in the folders and then you look at the first one first and then progress through. So it's systemize, systemization. Yeah. And yeah. logical approach. Like, a, yeah. let's, let's go through this step by step. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then... Um, obviously, you um, renowned for doing lots of research to find out what's new, what's old, what's coming up, and so you'd be ahead of the game a lot of the time, knowing what's in the pipeline further down the track. Why is it that you do that? What is it that um, makes you do that? Well, that's the buzz I get out of it. Like that's for me personally. Like I like to to know what's coming up. I like to know what, is, and particularly in the in the marketing space and the online space, you know, I like to know what what's happening. Like ChatGPT, I was probably one of the, the first people to take to look at it and take it and run a course on it. You know, so we we did that. Um, that's a big buzz now, and every, everybody should know about it. I'm, I'm guessing everybody knows about it, but you still find a few that don't. Mm. But it's like stuff like that, you know, with the um, the avatars. You know, they they're available now as well, which are dangerous. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. And what kind of regulations go on that? Um, to answer your question, I think it's just um, not getting bored with what I'm doing, but it's like when you know how to do something, you know how to do it. Yeah. So it's it's probably ever learning, just wanting to be learning something all the time. 
Okay. And also uh, you mentioned off, off air that you are good at listening to people. What would you say? <laughs> God. Uh, you're good at listening to people, Fred, so please listen. Um, you're you're good at listening and knowing what they're not saying because they're explaining something to you, but they don't actually know what the real th problem is. They can see a problem. They can't get to the next stage or level of whatever they're doing. And I'm talking from experiencing things. And you're listening and you can hear and say, well, you've got to go back to this step or this needs to be done before you can go there. Yeah, and I think it's like it, it's it's probably my teaching style, you know. Um, it's like I'm, I mentioned and again off air. I mentioned to you that um, years ago I used to be my way or the highway type of guy, right? Because I I was a young guy, knew what all, you know, learned all this stuff, and it was either my way or the highway. Um, it was only when I got into corporate and one of my mentors who was my um, the director of the company at the time, but my man direct manager. Uh, I won't, I don't think he deliberately mentored me, but he actually he did in a fashion and started to teach me that that's not really the best way. That you need people to teach themselves. Right? You can't teach people; you, they need to teach themselves. But you got to take them on that journey. You know, so guiding them and yeah. and watching them and supporting yeah, them. Rather than direction, it's like you know, yes, you could tell somebody how to go there, but you're better off if you, you know, are behind them and directing them in in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. So rather than drag dragging them along and then they don't remember how they got there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can actually do some of that. I can put something together when I've been shown in the first instant. When but when I go back to it to do something or make a change or add something to it, I will not remember the logical steps because it's not what I want to know. I just want to see the end product. I want to see it working. I don't want to know all this other stuff. So you're the person that you, you'd you ask, like the CRMs and things like that, which are an important part of business these days because that's a system in itself, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and you've got to, you know, like, well, you've got a, a lot, lots of attitudes to learning as well. Like some people just don't want to learn. They just want to get it done. So they would outsource it. Right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's... Like we've got the three models in our business. So we've got the, you know, done for you, which means just tell us what you want done. We get it done, done with you, which is similar to our arrangement. So we help you uh, do something and show you how to do it. So you learn along the journey. Mm -hmm. And then there's a DYI where we just give you the info. And, and you just you know, go away and do it. With us and you go away and do it. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. And, there's, so, and people will pick each one of each of those models because it suits them. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you see your future looking like, Fred? Um, Ever-changing because, again, you know, I don't know. Like people say, where where do you think you'll be in five years? If, if somebody had asked me that five years ago, I, I would have said pretty much the same, going around talking to people, building websites, doing stuff, you know. Um, so, yes, it's nice to have a goal and look out, but I, I don't look that far out. I never know. I guarantee you I won't be doing the same thing in 12 months' time than I'm doing today. So but, forever changing. Yeah, that'll be something. Definitely something that might be a component of what I'm doing today in there. 
but it won't be just what, like even in the last few weeks, you know, stuff, stuff has changed. You know, we introduced a CRM system, which we didn't do six months ago. Yeah. Give some examples of some of the work that you've done. In the marketing space, I suppose there's lots of things that we do, but we can show people uh, how to create landing pages, right? And like I, and I had a conversation with a client the other day where we were talking about, they were talking about their websites and everything else. And we were saying, well, yeah, websites are great and they, they are great. I'm not taking away from that, but the, the landscape has changed, right? Whereas before you could put a website up and Google would index it and you get seen within days. Now, because there's, I'm not sure how many, but there's probably millions of websites getting created daily across the world. So it means then you, you're up against another million competitors right, tomorrow and the day after and whatever. Um, so you really need to start looking at promoting your own business. And that's, that's why I now promote landing pages, which are talking about one topic, one, one item, one thing, rather than a brochure site, which is what a website is. A website tells people all about you. But the only way people are going to find that today is if they already know about you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so it's getting people in, into a different, slightly different mindset. Um, and I've done that with quite a number of clients over the last six months. Right. So we're actually changing the way they operate, changing the way they attract business. Um, and you know, getting some reasonable success with it too. So and I think that landing pages are specific to what you're selling. So if you're running an event or something, you've got a landing page for that. You don't have to go into a website and and sift through everything that's there to find exactly what you want. You've you've just got the information there, it's there in front of you, you can read it. You can do what you need to do with it and off you go. And I see that as um, a great way to, to promote the components of someone's business. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see that do you see that um, there'll be lots more people doing landing pages in preference to doing websites, or will they transition from landing pages? Can you put those landing pages that they've done into a website? Yeah, you actually, yeah, exactly that. You can a website is really like the standard website would usually be, you know, five to ten pages, you know, where you've got an about us page, contact us page, a resource page, you know, a products page, whatever it is, and the home page, right? Uh, and then people would go to the menu item and do it. But you'll notice that a lot of new current websites are what they call one page websites. Mm -hmm. So even though it's got the menu at the top, right, where it's got the contact us, you'll find that when you click on it, all it does is scroll down, right, so that, or, or scroll up, whichever way you want to look at it. So it doesn't actually go to a different page. It just stays on that one page, right? Now, a lot of that has got a lot of benefits, both for SEO, because you've got a lot more content on the front page, mm -hmm. right? And people are clicking and they're going there and it gets picked up as well. So, so that effectively is a landing page with multiple choices, Right. So is it an awfully long landing page? Depends on how many menu items you've got, doesn't it? And how many sections you've got on the page. Right. So if right. you think about it, you'll have a, like if you've got a form on a page uh, for contact us, then the menu item up the top, all it would do is when you click on that, it would push people down to that form straight away. Right. Rather than them having to scroll. Right. Okay. That's a, that's a single page website. Um, the, you know, I, unless you've got lots of, 
like a product, e-commerce stores are different because if you've got products that that's totally different, then yes, you want to drive people to the website. They've got a multi-choices. They've got to view your various products and whatever. But if you're a business coach or a life coach or a chiropractor or, a, you know, any other medical, um, you really, if you're putting an offer up in an ad, a paid ad particularly, if you're paying for ads and you're, you want somebody to book an appointment, then they should go to your appointment booking page, right? You shouldn't be going to a page all about you. If they want to do that, they can go back and look at that. But your ad should be driving them straight to the, yes, I want an appointment, book the appointment. Or, yes, I want to know more. Well, get on a call. I'll tell you more. You know, what, whatever the, the the operation is or the motor operation is, um, then that's what they should be doing. If, um, if somebody's searching for something, with SEO today, SEO today is a long tail game. You know, you've got to do lots of work on it. The small, every small business owner doesn't have the time or energy. What's what's an SEO for those people that don't know? It's called search engine optimization, and yeah. and what it's about is it it's like the words tell it all. It's optimizing your your website so the search engines love it. Right, and and how's it used? Is it words or is it images what is it that it's, it's that... a mixture of all of the above it's it's actually now it's all about relevance so google if somebody is say somebody is searching for and i'll use the chiropractor as an example if somebody is searching for a chiropractor in canberra right then the page that they that google will display will talk about a chiropractor in canberra it won't talk about a chiropractor in Darwin or in Sydney, right? So the page has to be relevant. If somebody was looking for how to cure back pain, right? It may take him to the chiropractor's page, but the page would be talking about back pain and how to resolve it. It may not be talking about a chiropractor in Canberra, but there would be so obviously some inference to the guy in there so that people can get contact with him. But predominantly the content will be delivering what the person is looking for. Right. And that's what the website needs to do today. It needs and, to be relevant to the, to the inquiry. Right. And so when you're researching something, what's a good way, you know, you, you could be really wordy and ask and not really get what you want. So what's your su suggestions? Because you're an expert on research. What's your suggestions on how to research something specific and to get to there without getting all this other stuff? Copy something that's working. Copy something that's working. Yeah, look at your competitor. Right. Or but, if... but, but your successful competitor. Sorry, let me clarify that, right? So so a competitor in your niche, in your industry, whatever it is, that's being successful and see what they're doing. See what they've got on their website, right? Look at the articles they're writing. Look at how many pages they've got. You know, look at the ads they're running. All of that kind of stuff, right? So because of... If they're being successful, there's a reason for it. Mm. They've done the, they've done all the research. They've done all the hard work. So that's stage one. And then you start doing some tests and measures. So you put up a couple of do A B testing, and A B testing means you put up one page, and half the people get that. You put up a second page, half the people get that, and then you look at your Google statistics to see how many people are coming to page one, how many people are coming to page two. If the majority coming to page two, then you swap out page one for another page. You don't delete it. You roll in another page with different content and you keep doing that until you get the page that actually brings all the traffic. 
Right. And so what do you do with the pages that you, you've you sort of just pushed to the side? You, you redo, just regenerate. You don't use them again. Just regenerate them. Regenerate. And you only change one or two things on the page. You don't change all the content. You might change the headline. You might change one image. You might change the image from the left-hand side to the right-hand side. Like, you know, minor stuff can make a ton of difference. Right. There's one of the, one of the well, again, another one of our mentors was talking about a simple change to a website that gave them a 50% better hit rate. And what they did was up the top, and everybody should have their phone number up the top of the, the site, particularly for mobile. So when somebody looks at your site on mobile, the first thing they, do, they should do is a way of contacting you. The easiest way is your phone number. Mm-hmm. So that's relatively up, up the top. Right? But what this guy was saying was what they did was they had a phone number at the top of a website and just a phone number. They tested putting a symbol beside it of a telephone, right? And they got mediocre results. They tested putting the words, call me, beside the phone number, and it increased the reaction by 50%. Mm. Now, so it's it's all about being specific in what you put there. And so you have to be aware of what you're promoting and how you're going to promote it. And, um, and what, do you want, what do you want people to do? Yeah. You, like you've if you want to... people to call you, ask them to call you. If you yeah. want to fill in the form, ask them to fill in the form. So it's book an appointment, ask them to book the appointment. Yeah. Have 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 a call to action. Yeah. What else would you suggest? You know, Google's this big monster of a thing that can detect all sorts of things. So what else would you suggest as a, the more marketing ideas person? Um, what would you suggest for people whom are just starting out and have no idea what Google is or what a Google page is or how you have a Google ad page or what, what would you suggest? Well, I think like without, if if you expect people to find you online, it's going to be pretty hard, as I said before. So you've got to be inviting people to see you online. And one of the easiest way of doing that is to get out and talk to people, whether that's by going to networking groups like BNI or Fresh or any of those out in the, you know, in the public arena, like the, the, the normal meet and greet type networking groups or online networking groups. So, you know, you find people, and again, there's two ways of doing it. One is you can find people, you can find your customers. So go into those groups, wherever they might be, whether it's on LinkedIn or Facebook or, you know, um, Pinterest or whatever, find, find people or Instagram, find people in those groups. And the other option is to go into where your, again, your peers are, your slash competitors yeah and go into those groups and you know see what these guys are commenting about or what people are asking them and then you know build your own community and start start communicating with people yeah because unless you tell people where you are they're never going to find you no that's true so it's all about the wording but you said be you know be aware of your competitors you don't have to worry about your competitors because you're unique in your own right but you have to be aware of what your competitors are doing and how they do, particularly if they're successful at it. So thinking about that, when you are a startup in business, what would you recommend for a startup in business? Um, okay, the other when you talk about the competitors, the other one is that people that work in your area that are not your competitors but serve your tribe, Right. right. So okay. like you've got, you know, accountants can um, work with bookkeepers, you know, motor mechanics can work with panel beaters, 
you know. Um, for me, like as a, a digital marketer, I don't do I don't do content and I don't do graphics. So I can work, and some graphic artists don't do the content and don't do the back end stuff. You know, so um, you can always do. You know, whether they're paid joint ventures or whether they're remunerated joint ventures, you know, so you pay somebody if they get you a deal or whatever, or they can just be handshakes. Excuse me. I, I didn't mean to pass that on, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, so it's really a matter of, you know, having a look around and, and don't be... Like, you know, Faded, I, I run a networking group, and in that networking group, I heavily promote other networking groups mm. because it is, it's an abundant society, right? And and one of the reasons for that is we, we all pinch other people's audiences. Yeah. I don't know whether we pinch them. I think we share them. And they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they have a choice whether they want to come or they don't want to. But having that awareness there so that they can have that option to hop in and learn something different or meet different people or, you know, because the online uh, arena now is so full of networking and events and all this stuff, I think what would you suggest for people who are becoming overwhelmed and overwhelmed with the shiny objects that are out there? <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, good question, good question. I think like it's hard because I, you know, I I do it. You know, I look at something and I'll go, "Yep, that looks good. I'll buy that," and then I don't use it. But yeah, do it. You know, like it, particularly if it's if it's you know, it again in the creative space, like if it's got to do with creative websites or doing some smart at the back end, you know, some Chrome extensions and stuff like that. You know, I'll I'll, I'll have a look at them. Like, oh, this looks cool, and I'll go and pay for it, and then I go, shit. Why'd I buy that? Yeah. Because you know, I don't use it. So I think shiny objects, it's it's you, you know. You, you, you just got to look at what's useful to you. Be getting value out of it. Okay. If you're not getting value out of it, then and particularly if it's an ongoing subscription, you know, um, give it two months. If you're not, if you haven't used it in two months, cancel it. Mm. You know, mm. it's easy. Um, yeah. You can always go back. You know? Yeah, later on. Yeah. yeah. So... As the more marketing ideas person, Fred, what are three tips you would give to someone? Um, how important is it that an individual knows what they're good at when they're starting up a business? Because, you know, down the track, I mean, they might start up and do everything themselves to start with, but they have to realise at, at some stage when they're very overwhelmed that they need to bring other people in to support them because we all need teams. We can't do it all on our own when we run a business. We can for a little while, but we can't do it always. So what would your tip be for them as far as being aware when they're starting up a business? I think it's the opposite. I think it's uh, working out what you're not good at, right, and what you don't want to be good at. Like yeah. there's a big difference. Like you, like you might see something that uh, I'm not good at it, but I want to learn it because I, I'll enjoy doing it when I learn it. Right. Mm. Other stuff. It's like you know when you talk about uh, starting up a business. Some people like numbers, so they don't mind doing the bookkeeping. Other people hate hate it. So if you hate it, then get a bookkeeper. Mm. Right. 
you know so I'd, I'd probably start listing off all the tasks you would do you're doing on a daily basis or a weekly basis whatever it is how much time you're putting into it and and the, the thing is like people get oh yeah i can't afford somebody or whatever else but if you look at it you got to work out what your average hourly rate is right like what you and if you're not earning it now what you expect to earn or what you want to earn and then you look at every time you're spending time doing that, you're not earning it, mm. but doing something else. You're not earning that money. So if that, say, say for example, you wanted to earn $65 an hour or whatever it might be, um, and you're quibbling about paying a bookkeeper $40 an hour, well, there's, there's no reason to do that. You know, like if you weren't doing the bookkeeping, you could be earning $65 an hour. Mm. So why are you doing that? Mm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Thanks, Fred. Um, your superpowers are amazing. Thank and you. I know that you do support a lot of people in the areas that you work in and they are moving forward and, and doing the things that they need to do and constantly learning. And they know that they can come back to you and ask you the questions if they're not sure about something. So thank you for your sharing. And um, I'm Faye Waterman, the Conversation Curator, and I'll be back again soon. Thanks, Fred. All right. Thanks, Faye.